Welcome to the Feisty Hippie Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby, and I've created this podcast to share messages with you all to expand your consciousness. This podcast will touch on a wide array of subjects, including psychology, spirituality, subconscious reprogramming, feminine leadership, and more. Stay tuned. Hello, welcome everyone. Welcome back to the Feisty Hippie Podcast. My name is Gabby and I have a very um, potent little episode today. I've brought on um, one of my clients and a really amazing soul sister, Anne-Marie, and we're going to talk all about healing through the body and the body's wisdom. So Anne-Marie, just go ahead, introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Um, Yeah, so my name is Anne-Marie. I am a client of Gabby's. I do her kundalini. I took her tarot course, which was just exceptional. And um, so, yeah, um, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a meditation guide. I'm a certified health coach. So I have some, you know, pretty decent experience um, with the topic that we will be talking about today. And I'm just excited to be here and to share my experience. Yes, yes, awesome. Um, At the end of the show, we're going to talk all about how you can um, connect with the both of us, but for now, we're just going to hop right into it, starting with, um, you know, just the journey of, like, having a spiritual awakening, because, you know, in this in this age where everything is, um, everyone's consciousness is expanding, and we have such um, constant flow of information coming into us. A lot of us get stuck with thinking during a spiritual awakening that a lot of aspects, um, of a spiritual awakening have to do with materialism, right? Like the tarot cards, the crystals, the herbs, things like that. And it's not necessarily true because the most spiritual thing is you yourself, your own body and how you can, um, connect with the ethers, connect to your own spirit through the body. And I just want to ask you, because I don't think I've ever asked you this question, which is um, what sparked your spiritual awakening or how did you kind of get into this mind space that you're in right now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Honestly, I think I've always been drawn to like the unknown ever since I was a child. Um, I even asked my mom, like, am I adopted? Because I don't feel like I fit in here. Um, I've always been super sensitive and just like, you know, super in tune with my emotions. And um, so what kind of got me into spirituality was just a bunch of things that I picked up on like astrology and like tarot. And then it got deeper and deeper. Um, And there was one experience that definitely, I had many spiritual awakenings, but there was one that really like stands out to me. Um, (laughs) It does involve some plant medicine. So, I had gone, it was not a good idea, mind you, but I had gone to like a rave um, in New York City with my two friends and we wanted to microdose on shrooms, on mushrooms, um, just to kind of feel the music a little bit more and see the visuals. You know, now I, looking back, that was a terrible idea. I would rather just do it in the woods. Um, But you know, at the time I was young, it was like probably four years ago or something. So I didn't really know. So lesson learned, but, um, so we couldn't find the we couldn't find mushrooms so i ended up taking lsd and um needless to say we had to leave um (laughs) (laughs) we had to leave it was terrible the energy was just like 
everyone's energy was everywhere. I just felt like everyone was weird there and um, just kind of like all following like this one like mass kind of um, consciousness. Like everyone just seemed like the same person, like repeating. No one seemed to understand us. We were trying to leave. We couldn't get out. Long story short, we left like before the guy even came out to play and um, we were just standing outside in New York City and we just saw all these like billboards of like advertisements everywhere, construction and people kept coming up to, up to us trying to sell us things and we were like just not okay. We we're like okay we're not okay like we're tripping we just want to go home please leave us alone and um, luckily my friends and I were on the same page the same wavelength and we were like oh my god this is like so scary and it was really scary um, but after we got back we're like wow like we realized all we want to do is like be natural be in a natural environment we wanted to get away from the city we wanted to like just live out in the middle of nowhere if possible just connect to nature connect to each other more and just be who we are because we noticed a lot of people um in the city um at the place we were at at least the rave and coming up to us we're just all about like marketing things to us and um kind of like being who not who they are i guess like very disconnected for themselves so i vowed to myself in that day i'm gonna be all natural my hair was dyed pink at the time like hot pink i could and not see that for you <laughs> i know I, like i totally changed after that experience like i used to be such like a little braver girl and then after that no my hair i dyed it brown instantly like within a week i dyed it back to brown <laughs> And I was like, you know what? No, I want to eat all healthy foods. I don't want to go to the city. Like, really, it's not my thing, personally. Um, just too much energy for me. I'm very sensitive. So, yeah. So that experience definitely opened up my eyes. And it made me just see how the, wor the world, like, turns and functions. And how we all kind of, like, pick up on the same ideas. And we don't really think for ourselves a lot of the time. And it just made me want to think for myself and just be me. Like, just be natural and get to know myself. So that was probably the, the most potent experience um that's crazy i i actually um i think i wouldn't say it's crazy actually i think that that's a that's a statement that i say a lot or a word but it's not um it doesn't scratch the surface or it's just a scratch on the surface and i think that with that experience you know i had similar experiences um with with lsd when i was very very young um you should not be doing that like before your brain matures and at this point in my life I'm like I'm I'm probably never gonna do psychedelics again just because I do so much work for my nervous system and when you take psychedelics you don't know what's gonna happen like a microdose of like psilocybin is a different story you know because people microdose psilocybin and if you take like 0 0.05 grams of psilocybin you can like go drive your car and like have a normal day and you won't be feeling like any um any crazy effects of it but like it will add like a little sparkle in your day and it's known to cure um depression it creates new neural networks in your brain but with your situation it's kind of like um you became more aware of just the overstimulation that's literally everywhere that we're all addicted to um, and just like the constant rush of dopamine that we get from like our outer world and our outer experiences and how that just makes us so insensitive to our own, you know, nature. Um, but yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like you hit the nail on the head. Like everyone, it just made me see everything, like how we're so disconnected from ourselves and um, everything is just overstimulating. And I was like, no more raves, no more 
crazy music like so yeah I'm a whole different person now <laughs> that's very um that's very interesting and what were kind of like the steps that you took in the beginning to come back to yourself or even like to your own um body in a way so I kind of got more into like yoga I guess around that time even though I was already you know pretty deep into my practice at that point but I like went full force like back into it and I started just finding ways that I could um kind of calm myself calm my nervous system and my like you know depression anxiety that comes like a normal human being would experience here and there the highs and lows of life and I was like all right how do I deal with this without like stimulating myself through raves and like drinking all the time and like doing LSD and stuff like that because I was done with LSD at that point I'm like no more I'm good I've done it I've experienced it um so just throw that in there too um I agree with you it, it can definitely mess up the nervous system um so yeah I just went really deep into like natural practices and I started looking for like community support like women's circles I started going to um and just like you know journaling a lot and just getting to know myself like as much as possible in any way possible like I got into like um more into astrology like the other planets I was looking into and um I found human design and I found a few other things that just kind of help me to understand why I am the way that I am and that made me feel comforted yeah sometimes we need like the um the masculine you know support or the structure to like lean back on to really figure out who we are and that's why we come back to like um these practices you know to help us feel grounded and I want to um I want to transition a little bit into just talking about the importance of um not only taking care of your body but like also just being in your body and learning to love your body because it's the only thing that's keeping you in this reality and you know we can go ahead and say like life sucks and we hate life but at the end of the day you know if you go die you're probably going to end up right back here back in another body that you're going to hate anyway so why not learn to love your body um in this lifetime right and i just want to um no, you know, how, how did you, how can you start, like, if someone's listening, how can they start connecting to the body? What would you say to them? Mm, that's great. I think it starts with just, like, listening to your, your, the sensations, like, starting with just that. Like, usually when I start a yoga class or a meditation class, I just start with simple, like, just observe like just start with being the observer and just noticing like the temperature in the room on your skin, feeling the air going in your nose, how it comes in cool, it comes out warm and just starting to like observe with the five senses, like your sight, you know, all the senses of what do I see? What do I feel? And then you can start to go deeper once you get comfortable with that and like noticing your emotions. And then how does like, if you're angry, what does it feel like in your body physically? Like is your, is your chest tight? Um, are your fists like clenching up or are you turning red? Like just start to notice like what are the emotions, how are they showing up for me? And like start to add labels maybe and get a little bit more like descriptive and like how does this show up for me? What am I feeling right now? And just kind of like having acceptance no matter what emotion it is, just like letting it like pass through you. Yes, I love that um, because you know emotions 
what emotions are, they are literally energy in motion. So everything that we feel, it's like a channel, our physical vessel. Um, you can think of your energy field. It's called a torus field. That's the shape of it. So it's hollow um, at the top of the crown of your head and at the bottom of your feet and energy passes through that. So every time you feel something, it goes through this channel. And if we don't have this connection to our body or if we're not willing to feel our emotions or bring awareness to the things like you were saying, getting in touch with our senses, our emotions actually get, you know, stored into the body. And then that's how we have the physical ailments, the disease. But not a lot of people, you know, want to um, accept <laughs> that <laughs> most disease is caused by the self due to some mental or emotional problem. Um, so, you know, if you are in that space where you're feeling um, tightness, you're feeling pressure, you know, the question there is like, how can we release it? How do you, you know, how do you release stuck emotions? Do you have any, um, any tips? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of tips that can definitely happen. I think like if I have the urge to cry, I definitely try to let myself cry, you know? And like, even uh, if I'm like at work or something, I'll tell myself, all right, I'm feeling this. Like I'm at work right now, but like you have the space to feel this later, like feel this later. And that kind of makes my like inner child be like, all right, like I'm seen, I'm validated. I'm going to be taken care of later. All right, that's fine. And then I can release it through crying, through journaling, through um, uh, rage rituals, if I feel I need to do that. And it, rage rituals can even just be like working out extra hard, you know, yeah. <laughs> and being like, <laughs> doing push-ups like yeah I get out of my system you know um I love that so, yeah <laughs> moving the body in general helps like shake it out like literally shake it out like swipe it off scream like just like be like do what a little kid would do you know like a little kid would want to punch something or scream like I feel like giving yourself the freedom and like a safe space to do that um is good and also like walking um processes trauma because it links the left and right hemisphere of the brain so when you walk um you're literally processing your trauma and that's something anyone can do really anywhere it's free so that's something definitely to uh to do free tip guys go go take a walk <laughs> yeah always yeah. take a walk <laughs> I, I agree with that um right now i'm actually practicing this kriya and kundalini yoga that's called releasing inner anger and um, in part, you do like a few different exercises that stirs up anger within you. And then you lay on the ground on your back and you lift your legs up straight to 90 degrees. And then you start slamming the ground with your hands. And um, I was doing it the other day and it always gets me so angry. And um, it's random because most of the time I'm like, I don't even know where this anger is coming from. It's just inside of me. And it's the fact that like, you know, as a child, you're told by your parents, you know, like, even like I see people babysitting other children. And what do they say when the child falls? It's not, are you okay? It's get up, you're fine. Because they don't want to deal with the child crying. Um, and you know, that's, that's like normal. Some people would even call that good parenting. But all that really is, is like, repressing emotions. And I feel like sometimes, you know, if you feel like there's no reason to be angry or to be sad, or you can't put your finger on why you're feeling this way, you kind of just have to accept it anyway, right? Because um, chances are there's some core memory or there's some core, um, core experience that has led you to this point where these emotions are coming up 
And if you don't experience them, they're just going to get stuck again and again and again. Um, yeah. And it'll, on that note, it's going to help if you like surrender to them, it'll help to let them go quicker to process them quicker rather than be like, Oh, I hate that I'm feeling sad right now or angry or jealous. Like I thought I was higher up than that, like spiritually, you know, like we get this, these spiritual egos and I catch myself sometimes too. I'm like, why am I feeling this emotion? I thought I worked through this already, you know? Um, but it just makes it last that much longer. And adds another layer, if we resist it, when, if we just be like, all right, I'm going to hold myself in this, this is like, this feels crappy right now, but like, yeah, I'm just going to hold myself in it and listen to like, what is my inner child saying? Like it helps process it so much quicker. That's like, that's where the wisdom is. Cause you know, like, um, shameless self promo right now, everyone. Um, <laughs> I just released a new program and it's all about, um, navigating the highs and the lows of life in a neutral headspace. Because a lot of us, you know, we're either taught to dismiss our emotions completely. Most of us I'd say, and then either leads us to continuing to dismiss our emotions, or then we get older and we get angry at the world for telling us to dismiss our emotions so instead we decide to over identify with our emotions and that's most people you meet they either dismiss them completely or they completely over identify with them and it's this question of like how do we navigate you know life with a neutral headspace and that comes back to um to nervous system work to feeling safe in um in the body and I think that nervous system work also has a lot to do with, um, with somatic work as well. Um, do you want to explain a little bit what, what somatics are and things like that? Or I can, whatever you want. Yeah, I kind of see somatic work as just using the body to heal rather than like talk therapy is just like using the mind and how like conditioning like your thoughts and like how you should behave, I guess you could say. But um, somatic is just feeling... Um, the energy in your body and using that um, to heal, basically. That's yeah. what I would say. <laughs> I agree. And like, the thing is that sometimes what we feel or what we experience, we aren't capable of putting it into words because um, Toltec wisdom, right? Um, indigenous, it's like an indigenous group originating from Mexico, the Toltecs. They say that knowledge and language um, it's kind of like a limit within itself because words, you know, they associate certain meanings with things, but they aren't necessarily truth. It's just your perception of what the word means. And when we put these labels on things, like say something is flowing through you, but you can't identify it and you just label it as sad, then eventually, like, it doesn't matter what emotion it could be. You just put it under the umbrella of, you know, feeling sad because you can't really process it. And when you do somatic work, you don't have to label your emotion. You can just feel it, whatever it is, and like go through the process of releasing it. While talk therapy is more of like, what are you feeling? Why do you feel this way? What is the core memory of this? And, you know, words, they are, um, they are like, they are vibrations, they're sound, right? That echo infinitely throughout the universe, beyond time and space. So when we say something, our word is our power, right? It's spelling for a reason or writing. Um, you can think of writing as ritual, like writing with R-I-T-I-N-G, you know? Um, they're similar words as well. And when you say something, 
it echoes throughout the universe and it puts power behind your words. So if you're constantly going to your therapist and saying, I'm depressed, I'm sad, this isn't working mm-hmm. out, or you just have this ear to like listen to you complain, then what are you doing? Like you're just reinforcing your same old reality. And um, I want to ask you, you know, have you had experience with talk therapy? If you have, cool, you know, say a little bit about it. If not, then what do you, what's your opinion, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So being a highly sensitive person, um, I've always struggled with like being, I guess you could say like shy only because not because I'm shy, but because I would have anxiety um, with sharing my energy, I guess you could say. Um, so there's been a lot of, you know, throughout my life, I've definitely had my depressive and anxiety, you know, filled moments where I felt like I needed to like talk to someone or heal myself in some way. So I did go at one point to therapy. Um, It was because I was working a job. I was a manager at a restaurant and I was just like working so many hours with so much responsibility. I was just like burnt out. Like I was making great money, but I was like, it was not worth it. Like I didn't want to work this job. And like, that is what drove me to therapy. Like I'd go to therapy um, every Monday and then I go to work right after and on Mondays were just the worst day of the week for me. <laughs> and like, honestly, the therapy, like in some ways, yes, it helped with certain things, but overall, I just remember feeling like, oh my God, I feel like crap walking out of here because I'm just like dwelling in how bad I feel and just talking about it. And, um, then when I got into like, you know, really using yoga as like a therapeutic tool, then that's when I was like, oh my God, who needs therapy? Like, I feel so much better just going to a yoga class, you know, than I do um, talking about it for an hour. And that's when I, when I finally, like it clicked for me, like, oh my God, the healing is in my body. The healing is in me. I don't need anyone else. And uh, so, yeah. And then I had another experience with talk therapy. um, And this is why I say like it has its place. I, um, you know, I got into like a relationship that was a little bit, it turned into like an abusive relationship. And um, when I got out of it, you know, I just needed to some, someone to talk to, to process it. And like, you know, I had my family and friends, but I didn't want to dump anything on like any one person. So I just felt like, all right, a therapist would be a good idea. And she did help me. She helped me like before I even got out of it, I started talking to her because I knew I needed help to get out of it because it was, um, little dangerous situation so she helped me like to set boundaries and like feel supported in my boundaries um so that was good um so I think like situationally it can definitely help um but overall the healing and the maintenance is always going to come from you you know it's like how long can you depend on one person to like help you do everything (laughs) it's like um the statement that like, you know, like people come into your life for like a reason, a season or a lifetime. And like, you know, your therapist, she could like the person, they could show up just for like a short term. But I think that it's like when we long-term lean on something that's external for us, that's when we can get hurt. Um, But for sure, like, I'm not saying, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Anyone who's listening to this, I'm not saying like, therapy is horrible. Never go to therapy. Cause I think like what you're saying, it's good for certain situations. Um, I've also been to therapy before I had like gone through something really, really traumatizing and I had like some um, PTSD from it. I wouldn't like, I don't know exactly if I had PTSD from it, but um, that's like the closest thing that I can compare it to. I was never, you know, like diagnosed or anything. 
and I went to therapy and I honestly just felt like the therapist was judging me, like what I was saying. <laughs> and, um, you know, there are bad therapists. And I think that if you find a really good therapist, then that person is definitely capable of helping you. But, um, you know, you want to talk to a qualified professional if you're going through shit. But like you said, the maintenance of it, that portion is like, it's all you. Because it's not like you're going to always have like something to lean on because that idea of like needing to go to something else or some other thing, it just reinforces um, a deeper insecurity within you, essentially, that you always are going to need more. Like even if you heal from the original situation that you went in for, it's like, oh, but I need to keep going on to this person. That's why um, in my business, you know, I'm really big on like, I want to give you the tools how to do it on your own. And then like, you can do it. And I'm going to go walk away from you because I don't want you like being like, Gabby, please help me because I don't want to help you for the rest of my life. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like on my deathbed, am I going to be like, I'm so glad that this person had a codependent relationship with me? Like, no, I don't think you would be happy about it either. Um, just, just a random, a random little thing, but I want to, um, I want to ask you too, like, what kind of experiences have you had with somatic work in the way of like releasing, um, either like even through, through yoga, through Kundalini, through rage rituals, through anything that, um, is working with the body? Yeah. Um, I guess there's a lot to say about that. I've done like somatic journeys before where it's like kind of like meditation and then like, uh, like a practitioner like leads you through it. I think I've done a few different things like that. Um, I definitely felt like a lot of stagnant energy at the time, like in my stomach, like I had like stomach pains and stomach issues. And that made a lot of sense because of the energy center there, like, you know, known as the solar plexus with like the, the self power and, you know, that was during the time of the whole um, abusive relationship and me not being able to set boundaries. So, like, that really just kind of solidified, like, my need to to get out because I would feel, like, a lot of, like, dense energy um, when I was guided to, like, feel everything in my body. Um, so, I've, I did that twice with a practitioner um, in a group setting and then, like, a solo setting. And she just basically, like both of them that would help me bring it up all the emotions and I would feel like physically in my body where am I feeling dense where am I feeling light and it always happened to be in my stomach where I'd be like oh my god this does not feel good um and then you know just even with getting a massage or taking a yoga class like there's definitely been times where I come out crying because I'm like oh my god like what just happened in there um <laughs> you know <laughs> It's like stuff was stored in my 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 muscles, my tissues, and it kind of it got released. Or I, like anger sometimes comes up too, like during yin yoga, where it's like three to five minute holds for yin um, yoga, and uh, a lot of people get like angry or frustrated or they cry. I definitely got angry. I don't know, like it was just coming up. So yeah. I think like the deeper you go into your body, like the tissues, like the longer holds for yoga, especially like restorative yoga, that's when you really feel like, oh my God, like what's happening? It's like you're in the scary situation again, like out of nowhere and you're not even in it. Yes, literally. I was, um, I was actually reading a book this morning. It's, um, it's Guru Jagat. She's, um, she was like one of like, they called her, I think, like, the, she's basically, like, the millennial woman who, like, brought kundalini yoga to, like, the masses, essentially, by opening, like, this huge institute, um, 
and she wrote this book called Invincible Living, and it's all about, like, the the power of yoga, breath, and, like, how to live a powerful life, essentially, and in the book this morning, I was reading this chapter, and it talked about how, like, the mind is, like, your, it's your tool for self-expansion, but, like, if you don't use it in a one-pointed way, it will, you know, defeat you, but at the same time, the mind doesn't know um, space and time, so you can go back into those memories, and you can release them, and a lot of that work, you know, it goes back to, like, yoga and to being with the body like there have been times where I've been practicing kundalini and like I just break out into tears and I can't even explain it you know it's just it's something that happens one of my um clients too one of her first times doing the um the addiction meditation which is like a meditation that I teach all the time um to overcome addiction limitations things like that she had messaged me like I just started crying during the meditation like is this kind of normal like what's going on and I'm like yeah like that happens you know because if you're not used to um to working with the body you're getting yourself into these higher states of consciousness through the body through techniques like yoga or somatic practices then when this happens you're kind of like holy shit like I'm am I going crazy and like I know you've had those moments walking out of the yoga class where you're just crying and you're like like you said what the fuck just happened in there (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's funny because it's like it just brings you back to the time and place that like you needed um like safety or to heal and it brings it all up and it's good because it's like coming up because you needed it to come to the surface so I like I love it when that happens to be honest because I'm like okay I need to feel it's like finally a release and something that I love to say too when um when things like this happen and when I'm actually able to pinpoint the experience that I'm kind of in or like the moment that I have, I just like speak to my inner child and like I just affirm like no wonder why you felt that way. Like just validating the situation Um, because a lot of us, you know, even as children, I was watching, okay, (laughs) this is like random, but I was just watching The Real Housewives um, before we got on this call. The Real Housewives of New Jersey. It's a terrible, horrible show, but I love to um, observe people. So (laughs) it's funny, like when people are so addicted to chaos and I'm just like psychoanalyzing them as they're on the TV show. And I was watching one of the older seasons and they were like fighting and the kids were there. And I was like wondering, are the children like going back and looking at at this show of like this traumatic freaking event that's like on national television? And then in my head, I was like, if this, if I wasn't like, if I didn't have a, I didn't have a spiritual awakening or I wasn't seeing this from like an elevated consciousness and I saw myself crying on TV over my parents like getting in a fight my first reaction would be like why am I crying you know like I was just a little kid like I didn't know but the truth is um when you're a child and you're taught to repress your emotions like I said before it just it stays in the body and it's it's just fucked up because then we develop illness and we develop all of these freaking things um that we could easily release it's just a matter of like are we willing to expand our consciousness number one and number two like are we willing to actually feel the ugliness in order to um get to some place of safety and it's sad because a lot of people are quick to run from the unknown you know but the unknown is where your wisdom is it's where you dive deep into your wounds to um, to be rebirthed into the best version of you or the highest version of you. That's like one of my, it's one of my favorite, um, favorite statements. But I want to ask you, how did you get to like your yoga journey? Was it similar to like the story you had told before? Or was it something else that kind of led you there? 
So um, I think I started yoga, like, I don't even remember when I first started it, because, like, when I was in teacher training, like, I randomly was, like, cleaning my room one day, like, divine timing, I guess you could say, um, and I picked up a journal from when I was in middle school, and it said, like, things I like to do, and I wrote down yoga as one of them, and I was like, what? So, like, I shared it with my teacher, and I was like, I can't believe I just found this during the teacher training, like, this is, I've never seen this, you know, like, so many years um so I guess I have always had a draw to it you know I've always loved exercising like I'm just one of those people who you always see me at the gym <laughs> now it's yoga but um I used to be like I guess you could say a gym rat because I was there all the time <laughs> um and uh it would just be a way for me to like release I guess from the day and um get pumped up and stuff but yeah when I really started getting into yoga was around the time when I was going to therapy because of my job that I hated really <laughs> and uh I, I just went to a yoga class and I was like oh my god like that just felt so good like I need to do this more like frequently so that was probably when I was around 18 years old or so um and uh yeah, that's when I started getting into it because I just like chased that high, like that natural high. And I knew it was good for me. So when I went away to school, I started joining clubs like this pathway. It's called Pathways to Healing Club. And we would do yoga events and um, just a bunch of different healing modalities, good like different things that were good for the community. We'd like give back and stuff. So I just kind of kept getting high off natural things. High and off. I was like, yes, high on life never looking back but that's me at this point like after quitting um smoking weed I'm just like I'm high on life like that's it that's it that's all I need because it's, yeah. it's the fucking truth um and like the thing is most people don't realize like that you can have these experiences where you literally feel like you're on drugs but you're just completely um sober and I think that breath work as well which is another um healing modality of like healing through the body especially especially trauma um it's life-changing breathwork is literally it's it's life-changing and I know you do um do dabble in it as well so I want to ask you um you know what are some benefits what do you have to say to anyone who's interested in breathwork or just wants to know you know what it is yeah definitely um, so first I wanted to say, I'm like on the same page as you as far as like the sober thing. I just gave up alcohol, which I'm really excited about because I noticed how like, it would make me feel good, sure, for like 15 minutes. And then after that, I would just be slumped, like so tired. I don't want to do anything. So I'm like, what is the point of this? Like, I feel like I have to have like five drinks just to stay awake. Like That's me. <laughs> My sister, she goes on like vacation every year to the beach and she always invites me down. And then when I go, she's, like, day drinking, and, like, I'm, like, sleeping. Like, there was one time where it was, like, we were, like, drinking near the pool or something, and, like, I, I don't, like, I don't drink, really. I had, like, I think one, like, white claw or maybe two white claws, and I deadass fell asleep. Like, the whole night, I was sleeping on the couch with, like, my knees into my chest and my head just down, because I just get tired, like. <laughs> yeah, it really is, um. Yeah, my partner and I were saying that it's basically, well, it is poison, but you know, that's a whole other topic, so. <laughs> if you want to hear about alcohol, um, watch the previous episode. I talked all about that with um, my friend McKenna, but. Oh, awesome. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but to answer your question, yes, breath work 
Um, basically, it's, you know, rewires your central nervous system, I guess you can say. It brings in new prana, which is like life force energy. So that's where the getting high on life comes in, that life force energy. Um, it also can even produce like DMT, which is a um, natural, I guess you could say neurochemical, I think that's what it's called. It's um, produced in your brain right before you die. Um, and it kind of like really brings you to this crazy state. Some people have like out-of-body experiences. Um, so you can make that um, DMT be produced naturally by um, doing certain breathwork techniques. And there's a lot depending on what you need. Um, there is some to bring up like process trauma, like you're talking about, bring up these emotions, bring it to the surface so that you can like then sit with yourself and um, validate yourself and work through it. Um, clear it all out and then there's also breath work that is a little bit more slow paced which is actually my favorite to do it's just like basic like box breathing like just breathe in for four hold it for four seconds um exhale for four seconds hold it at the bottom for four seconds and it's nice because it really just like calms your central nervous system gets you in this place of like presence relaxation um and your whole body just starts to like calm down so I try to do that before any like important event just to get myself like cleared and calm and um, present. And then if I want to like bring stuff up, I'll do like more of a quicker paced breath work. Um, and there's a lot of different kinds, like the mouth breathing gives you like a more of a burst of energy. It's very like revitalizing, um, helps you go really deep. And then most of the time breath work is really just in through the nose. Um, it also releases nitric oxide in the body, fun facts, when you breathe in through the nose. Um, and this helps with so many things, expanding your blood vessels, again, calming the central nervous system, helps restore life to the face, helps even like with your bones, the structure of your bones. Um, it can break down bacteria in the mouth. So like, it just heals you, like just doing breath work. So, yeah. Yes, I love that. I have um, a friend, I think I'm gonna have her on here in a little bit on the podcast. Her name is Amelia and she's a breathwork um, facilitator as well. And she has like gone through a lot of trauma healing and just healing of the body through breath in her, um, in her own experience. And it's really, it's super inspiring what just connecting to your own breath can do. And if you're listening to us and you're not into any of these, this stuff that we're talking about, you're just curious, you're probably like, what the fuck are these bitches saying? Like getting high off your own breath. But it's true. Like, Go hot, like try it, hire Anne Marie if you want to try it, you know, because it's something um, that's accessible to you. And like, if you have bad anxiety and you're not spiritual and you're not interested in any of this, but like someone were to tell you, you know, there's capability of helping cure your anxiety or treat your anxiety through a simple technique that you only need to like breathe, you don't need anything else, then why wouldn't you try it? You know, it's a question of like, do you actually want to heal or are you just going to um, judge things based off the first, um, the first, you know, impression? Because, you know, a lot of things in this world, even like we could talk about the pharmaceutical industry, if we're talking about health, you know, it's all um, a scam in my opinion, because you can think of it this way. And I don't really care if you agree with me or not, because I'm out of like the convincing energy of like, agree with me because I'm right. Because I, I don't necessarily think I'm God. Like, I don't think I'm God. Do I think I'm like a reflection of God incarnated in a human body? Yes, I do. And like, you are too. I think that. 
Um, <laughs> but why would some higher power put you on this planet without the tools to heal yourself, without the tools to keep you alive? And we're starting to realize that we do have those tools and they're accessible to us. So why, why the fuck not try it, right? Like, <laughs> and I want to ask you, like, with like hesitancy with trying these things and like spirituality, what would you say to someone who's just like starting on their spiritual path or trying to learn, you know, how to heal through the body? What, what would you say to someone? Yeah, so I agree with everything you said. Um, things, you know, a lot of practices, anything that's unknown, let's say even, is going to seem weird because it is unknown to you. Like that's how anything starts. Like, even if you think about the first day of school, like if you go to, if you went to a public school, you would know the first day of school is always kind of weird. Um, or the first day of a job, or like first of anything. It's just kind of like a weird, like getting used to it. And then after you get into the flow of things, it just is like, oh, okay, this is what I do. Um, so I think like with trying something new, it's just a matter of like, all right, just like accepting this is going to be unfamiliar. And that's just going to be the worst part of it. The fact that it's unfamiliar. And like, once you get over that and you just do it um, and try it out, like you have nothing to lose, just give it a try. If you feel drawn to it, it's for a reason. And um, the worst thing that's going to happen is you, you're not going to like it and then you're going to try something else. But it just comes down to like how bad do you, do you want um, to change? How bad do you want to heal? And I think, um, you know, intention, intentionality is like the most important part of being spiritual is like, what is my intention through this? And like the power of intention, like, you know, is infinite. So whatever you do, the intention is, is going to work. If you, if you hold it in your heart, like this is going to help heal me. I feel like, you know, almost no matter what you do, for the most part, um, if you go in with that intention, I just all four, 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 confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, intention is everything. So just remember to hold the intention. If you go in with the, the idea of like, oh, this is stupid, what the hell is this? Like, this is so weird, it's not gonna work, then you're right, that's what you're gonna get. But if you go in with an open mind, open heart, like I'm open to heal myself, like I'm gonna use this time to heal myself, and give it my all because why wouldn't I you know I can always just stop if I don't like it um then you you basically you know I don't see how you can't see results from that like at least in my experience in my life experience I've always seen results if I put my intention and my heart into it yes I love that and I definitely agree you know one thing um about like this whole thing is that like when we're not born into something or like we're born into a certain religion, spirituality can seem very um, like taboo or just even like a lot of people um, are quick to judge things that they don't know. Let's just put it that way, you know? And the thing about like a spiritual awakening is like, say you're not into any of this, but you just hear us talking and you're like, okay, like maybe I'll try the box breath, you know, breathing in for four counts, holding it for four counts, exhaling for four counts, and then just holding it empty. And you try that and you know you seem to like it or maybe you don't even like it but you just have this experience a lot of the spiritual awakening is like you go in with one intention and then you just like completely like it goes way beyond the intention like your your immediate intention like yes it is fulfilled but the things that happen it's like a ripple effect in your reality like part of the um part of the reason why i started doing a lot of this deep work was to heal my trauma and all I really figured out was like, I have more trauma than I even knew. And like, I had to heal more of it. And it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It was just like a question of, 
you know, how much am I prepared to show up for myself? And that's what you have to ask yourself every single day. Um, because like a life without intention is a sad fucking life. <laughs> no, exactly. It is a very sad life. You're just getting pulled in any direction, in every direction, you know? So if you don't have intention, like where are you, what are you doing? Yes, yes. I want to ask you um, about your experience with Kundalini yoga specifically, because you were a yoga teacher, you know, before we really, before we even connected with each other. And I didn't even know I was going to be teaching you Kundalini yoga at the time that you joined um, my program. I just like did a little sprinkle of it in there because I was like, this is what's really like flowing through me right now. So why won't I bring this to her? And um, I think for both of us, we've kind of just been on like this journey of like, wow, like what the fuck and how did I not find out about this earlier? Um, <laughs> so, you know, just, you could just expand on that in whatever way you want. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so thankful, honestly, for anyone listening. Like, I'm so thankful for Gabby, like, especially the Kundalini and like just for giving me the tools that I can use forever. And like, I genuinely look forward to Kundalini every single day. And like, I'm not going to lie, you know, I do miss some days here and there. And like, when I do, I'm so mad though. I'm like, dang it. Like, I didn't get it in. I didn't go deep today. And like, it just motivates me to be like, all right, tomorrow I'm setting my alarm and I'm going, I'm doing it because I know I enjoy it. And it makes me feel so much like revitalized and ready for my day. And um, I've definitely experienced a lot of benefits, even just with the addiction meditation. Um, I have, yeah, like, look at me. I'm not smoking weed. I'm not doing any drugs. I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm not drinking coffee. Like, I'm not addicted. I'm getting rid of my addiction to suffering and um oh my god i can't even i attracted my soulmate okay like can we just have a moment for that can we yes. just have like, a second <laughs> 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 like within like weeks of starting kundalini i attracted my soulmate and like i was not expecting him at all i remember telling gabby like like she read my cards or she confirmed what I thought about what my cards I read, my tarot cards were. And she was like, yeah, it looks like a new love interest is coming into your life in a few months. And I was like, girl, I'm not ready. Okay. I yeah, got- you like, stop saying that. Like two months is too soon. Like I cannot deal with that. <laughs> it was so funny. And like, it even came even sooner than that. And like, I really feel like, of course, all the other work I had been doing contributes, but like the Kundalini, I feel like sped that up like times 10. And um, I am just so grateful for it. And like just a lot of things, like I'm getting another yoga class added to the schedule, which I've been wanting for months. Green energy set. (laughs) Yeah, it's the green energy set. Oh my God. I manifested so much money. Okay. Not so much. (laughs) I got a new meditation course. I'm serious. I said serious and the Siri went off. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. I was like, what is that, a sound effect? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. So, I'm, like, I have all these new opportunities to make money. And, like, new ideas just keep coming to me. Like, I can do meditation courses twice a week now. I can record it. Like, I have, like, a microphone I can use um, to record and maybe even sell them um, for cheap or donation-based. And, like, just, like, starting to, like, have more ideas and how I can make more income. And, um, yeah, just, it works. That's all I gotta say. It works. (laughs) It it fucking works. It does. And, um... The thing, too, about, like, kundalini is you can be, like, insecure as shit, and you have no choice but to get over it, because, like, 
kundalini yoga will have you doing some weird fucking shit. Like, you'll be chanting words that you don't understand. Like, you'll be breathing in ways that you're like, wow, if anyone sees me right now, they're going to be like, what the fuck am I doing? You know? And I live with my parents. And, like, when I first started doing kundalini, I'd be, like, whispering the chants. And now I'm just, like, unfiltered, slamming my hands against the ground, like, releasing my inner anger. <laughs> and it's just funny to see because even I... I was telling someone about, um, it's, I forgot what it's, it's, um, like dog's breath, something like that. And you open your mouth and you pant like a dog like this. <laughs> and they're like, isn't that kind of weird? And I'm like, yeah, but it just makes me feel like a kid again. Like I'm just doing <laughs> some weird shit and I'm loving it. Like in the comfort of my own space of. Yeah. I do like doing it in my own space, too, because, like, sometimes I do go to the park, but I'm, like, I don't know, like, I feel like I can't go as far as I want to go in the park, um, but I'm sure I'll get over that, too. I'm sure I'll, one day I'll just be like, you know what, I don't care. Anyone can catch this if they want, but uh, <laughs> um, I do like doing it in my own house, and I have the same experience at first, like, even just doing, like, regular mantras, like, through meditation or yoga um, practices and teacher training, they would have us do, you know, some things like that, and I would be, like, really quiet because I didn't want my family to be like what the hell is she doing up there um but now I don't care I tell them listen I'm doing my kundalini outside you're gonna see me if you look then you're gonna get a show if you want to <laughs> my eyes are gonna be closed you can stare at me all you want um even like sometimes someone will ask me like what do I do like for my business and I like try to explain it to them but like you know me. I can't put shit into words sometimes because it's just like <laughs> you can't explain your truth, you know. And I was um, talking to like one of my sister's really good friends because like she's open to all of this stuff. And my sister is like not very spiritual. Like she's there like smoking a cigarette, drinking a white claw, like in her chair, you know. And like nothing wrong with that. Trust me. Like I don't. I don't care what she does. You know, her life. I love her anyway. And I'm trying to explain it to her, like, by, like, holding these hand postures and breathing in certain ways, you hear the voice in your head telling you to quit, and you're able to push past it, you know? And that's how you break subconscious limitations with kundalini yoga. And I was telling her, like, you know, there's one where you're twirling your hands like this in a circle, and, um, like, just, like, in a circle. You can't see me, obviously, if you're listening to this. But <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and that one just gave me so much energy. Like, I've been waking up at 5 a.m., no coffee, like, just taking on the day. And my sister is looking at me, like, you, why are you telling her you're spinning your hands in circles? Like, isn't that, like, she's just judging me, and I'm like, whatever. Like, I, I don't care. Like, <laughs> just just smoke your cigarette. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it's like we all uh, live different lives. And it's funny to like see, you know, like what one person thinks is weird, the other person thinks is normal. And I feel like the more you do something, the more normal it becomes anyway. So like to us, like spinning our, our hands, like, okay, like it's no big deal. But like when we first started Kundalini, we, we had the same reaction as probably anyone else. Like, wait, what are we doing? <laughs> you yeah, know? Literally, I'm like, chant these words you don't understand and don't look it up, because what the translation, because then your mind is going to start assuming things of like what you're saying. And it's not like you're chanting anything bad. You're chanting things like, um like the one mantra that you tune into it's ong namo guru dev namo and it means um i bow to the divine wisdom within but sometimes you know if you know that then you're going to be thinking about it and overthinking it and 
sometimes it's better just to not even know what you're saying and to just understand like the purpose of it is to open your intuition or you know to unblock the solar plexus and you know something that i say all the time with kundalini yoga is like yeah you can go buy you like a crystal to unlock the solar plexus or like i don't know like go do some like read some book and then buy some tool to help you do this or put some certain essential oil or you can literally just do breath of fire and that will balance all of your chakras like together at the same time you know and that's all through the body like you don't need anything just just do it yourself. Um. <laughs> the best things are free. And I feel like no, a lot, not a lot of people preach that because, you know, a lot of people, you know, we got to make money. A lot of us, everyone does. And um, it's easy to sell things that will heal, like heal, quote unquote, yes. us. Um, it's a, you know, easy way to make money. And these things, yeah, sure. They can assist you, you know, not to knock them. But like at the end of the day, like you don't need any of that. You don't need any crystals. You don't need don't even need tarot cards. Like at the end of the day, you just need your, yourself and um, you can use your breath. You can use your body. You can walk, you can laugh. You can do Kundalini. You can move your body through yoga. So there's so much you can do. That's literally with you at all times, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what time it is, no matter how much money you have, you always have yourself. And that's all you need at the end of the day to take care of yourself. Yes. I a hundred percent agree with that. And like, Going off of what you said, like people want to make money and this is a little off the topic, but um, what I'm realizing is like, as I commit deeper to my business, I just like refuse to do anything that isn't in integrity. Like I know I can go hire a marketing coach and they can go trick me into convincing people how to like convincing people to buy my program just by psychology. But like all of that is icky to me. I don't want to do it. And like, do I want to charge people $5,000 or $3,000 to be in my programs? Like no, I have, I have no desire to do any of that either. Because like, at the end of the day, you know, like if you're speaking your soul's truth as a spiritual entrepreneur, you know, cause you are too, even if you haven't like officially formed your business yet, it is what you do. Um, talking to Anne-Marie, not directly you to the audience, but maybe you are as well. Um, <laughs> the thing is, you know, when you speak your truth, you're automatically going to magnetize your soulmate clients to you. And the question is, is like, is your heart open enough to receive them? It's not like, oh, like I'm searching for clients. It's more like, am I open enough to receive my clients? And then even past that, is it like, I want X amount of dollars or is it more like I want to help people, you know, because there's people charging thousands of dollars for their programs and there's people charging like, close to nothing and then like making all of these sales and they can have the same income levels it's just a matter of you know what you want to um to charge i'm big like even when i was teaching Anne marie how to read tarot cards i had i had wrote something down to her about um like reading for other people and i was saying like i don't do like you're you will never buy a three card reading from me because i think that's a fucking scheme what am i gonna like yes i can give you like a, a good reading with three cards but if you're like purchasing something from me then i'm going to put like my whole heart into it i'm not gonna like half acid and do it in 10 minutes just because you know it's my energy that i'm giving away because it's an exchange at the end of the day um random random little rant there <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I wanted to also ask you like since we're talking about health and the body um I wanted to ask you about consumption and like your opinion on um 
ingesting certain things or not even ingesting just consuming whether it's like media food um people in your circle whatever you know what what do you think about all of that yeah i've been um doing a lot of i guess you could say fasting um not just with food i do do that also sometimes i like choose to kind of you know, it's kind of a taboo topic, but sometimes I'll even go like a whole day. Um, in some religions and cultures, they do this too, like a whole day without eating or drinking or just without eating and sometimes like with drinking. Um, and I notice like really crazy spiritual um, insights that come in and like real quick story. Um, there was this lady who like, let's just say she disrespected me at work like I was working and she came at me because of her own trauma and she was taking it on me when I literally did nothing okay um and I was going through a lot at the time so like I had cried and not because of her just because anything would make me cry at the time it was like yeah. that like relationship I was in before I was mentioning um so I like I felt weird around her for months and months and months and like she was Okay, we don't, we don't have to get too into it, but like, just to know that she, um, I had forgave her in my mind because I needed to do that because I was going to keep seeing her often and I just needed that clarity and like, all right, it's not me, it's her, let me just forgive her. And she opened up to me about her life story after that and how like, you know, she's a lot of hardships going on. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense now. And now I don't even feel bad about what happened because I understand. Um and she, I literally ran into her the night after um, me doing that whole fast for the entire day, no food, no water. I ran into her, I got a store and she, um, she apologized to me. She's like, listen, like you didn't deserve any of that. I'm so sorry. And I was like, I was not expecting that. I was like, okay, thank you universe. Um, I didn't really need it at this point, but it's nice just to get that cherry on top. Like good job. It doesn't need a little stroke of the ego, right? Yeah. So it was nice just to confirm that, like get it confirmed and hear that from her. And um, so, yeah, so I think we are quick to consume things like going back to that and like, whether that be food, drink, water, music. And I've just been like in this mode, like, do I really need this in me? Because like when I was fasting without food and water, um, something my partner actually taught me is like working um, when you're not drinking or eating, the elements are going to feed you. So I was doing a lot more breath work. I was like sitting in the sun a lot and like taking in the sunlight. So I was like being very conscious of what I was consuming. Um, so yeah. And then with food, you know, I'm definitely into like healthy diet and stuff like that. So I, I, uh, I personally don't eat animal products just because I don't want to be eating any, of their trauma from being killed. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just my personal belief. And I just feel better and lighter when I'm eating like fruits, like a lot of like water-based high water content foods. Cause we are, you know, high water content. So why wouldn't we put that into our bodies to like match it, you know, alkaline foods. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong. Like I do still eat, like, I guess you could say like some vegan junk food, but it's definitely like a small percent compared to like the vast majority, just cause I know I just feel better. Why wouldn't I want to feel better and have energy all day, you yeah. know? So, and even with like music too, I've been unliking so many songs because it's just like putting messages in my brain that I don't need in my brain. And, uh, yeah, even on like social media, I, I've been really like 
really only going on to do your kundalini and then I look it off like I swear like I really don't like getting on it because like once I like open it I'm like oh I missed this post like now I feel bad now I want to see what else they posted that I missed and it's just like a rabbit hole of like bullshit and then eventually you're like comparing yourself subconsciously and then you're like I have no shit together and this person has all of these things and I feel so bad um and that's kind of also like where I'm at this Sunday or Saturday actually this past Saturday I don't know when this podcast will be up but recently (laughs) I started um doing like a dopamine detox one of um one of well someone that I've also um she read my human design chart and she's she's just an amazing person her um her instagram is manifest underscore with jess or it's manifest with underscore jess um but (laughs) she held this dopamine detox and it was all about like only focusing on doing one thing at a time and limiting your screen time so like if you're driving don't listen to music so like you can be more present or like if you are um listening to music then just listen to the music or you know if you're on your phone don't be like driving or obviously, obviously, but like, (laughs) you know, and I was in this dopamine detox group and I didn't do any of it because I was like, dopamine detox, ugh, (laughs) like I I love overstimulation. My body is addicted to overconsumption. So I like just continued overconsuming. And then this Saturday, I turned my phone on airplane mode every night when I sleep so I don't get the radiation poison on my head. Fun fact. Um, (laughs) And... (laughs) And this Saturday, um, after when I woke up, I just decided I was like, I'm keeping my phone on airplane mode the whole day. Like, I don't care. Like, no one talked to me. Don't text me. Like, I won't be responding. And that's literally it's it's what I did until I um I was changing my frog's water. I have like a water frog who's like he's like almost 15 or maybe he's 16. I don't know. I got him when I was very very young. He was my class pet. And I was changing his water and he like played dead. So then I was like freaking out a little bit. So I called my mom. So I did have to turn my phone off airplane mode. Um, (laughs) But anyway, I've been really like playing with the idea of um, not consuming anything. And I feel so much better and so much lighter. Um, I do really, really love like snack food though. So like my my ass will be like I need to eat the entire bag of chips like let me do every like let me eat all of it like this is really good I'm gonna eat the whole thing um but you know it's just a matter of once again reminding yourself like you said if this doesn't make me feel good then why am I consuming it whether that's food like media for example if you're like like with Instagram following or even anyone on social media if you're at a point in your life where, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur or you want to um, be building wealth for yourself or be taking care of your body, then why are you following people from your past or people you don't even know who are like out partying every week or like who are like busy, like going to like, I don't know, just like anything. Like if you're not a mom, then why are you following like moms with their babies? Unless you want a baby, you know, it's just like follow the people who are in proximity to where you want to be oh my god I'm so glad you said that I feel like I myself really needed to hear that um yeah like I I feel like it's sometimes it's hard just speaking from my own experience like to unfollow certain people because I feel like I have this loyalty to them that I don't need to have and like at the end of the day it's just Instagram you know and like it doesn't mean I hate them it just means that I don't need to be consuming what they put out there and like there will be other people maybe that want to but just I need to focus on myself and like 
I feel like we all have these loyalties, you know, or a lot of us have these loyalties to people. Um, that are made up in our head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to get rid of it. Like if it doesn't serve us, it doesn't serve us. It's that simple. So that just motivated me. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Go, go on your unfollowing spree um, after this. Cause you know, I, I will, and I do it all the time, but sometimes, like you said, I do feel bad unfollowing people because like I know that they're following me and I'm just like yeah like I don't want to I don't want to upset anyone but then again that's codependency like that's saying like I am responsible for the way that they feel which isn't true um that's codependency lesson 101 you're not responsible for the way anyone feels so like whether you're in a relationship with someone or it's just like a friend or anything if someone's gonna say you made me feel this way then like you just got to walk away from that person because it's not true. Like you, you can't make anyone feel any type of way. They make themselves feel that way because they're emotionally triggered. That's why we consciously act instead of react, right? Yes, quite <laughs> But yeah, um, last question I have are, um, it's random, but like mental health wise, what, what would be something that you would recommend, you know, other than the things that we've mentioned, if you have anything or just if you only have the things mentioned, that's cool too. Um, I guess kind of, yeah, like just what we, we mentioned, I really feel like just moving the body is very important. Oh, also gratitude is very, very, very important. Gratitude for what you have already. Um, that's like so powerful. It's like one of the highest frequencies that you can be in is gratitude and or love. So just like appreciating like whatever time of the day it is just like having a gratitude practice whether you write it down in a journal or like you just think it or you say it out loud it's been something I've been trying to do every day and I definitely have like you know dove into that a lot and it's just like simple things like I'm so grateful that I get to eat like this food or like have this clean water or like I that I have like you know, a pet that I love or like friends or any connections that you have that you're grateful for, or that you get to learn what you love. Like there's always something to be grateful for. And um, that's what makes my mental health come back. I think, you know, keeps me balanced because it keeps me in like a very high vibrational state. Yes. I, I love that. And like, you know, what you focus on expands. So if you can name more things that you're grateful for that it's just going to continue to um to manifest and something that i don't know if you did the kundalini today or not yet but uh, yep, first thing in the morning <laughs> awesome yeah so on the live stream today i was talking about um like when we have negative thoughts okay so we can like entertain our negative thoughts right but when we have positive thoughts you know Okay, we could say, let's, let's backtrack. Negative thoughts go in one direction, we can say, toward like one intention. And positive thoughts will go toward another intention. But like, to, you can like spend time, you know, focusing on your vision. But if you're still adding focus and awareness and charge behind the negative thoughts that are bound to pop into your mind, then like your positive thinking is going to neutral out. So it becomes a question of, can we think like positively to the point where we don't entertain our negative thoughts when we can just see them as like, oh, that's not truth and like laugh and just kind of walk away. Cause like, if you have one negative thought and then you have one positive thought, you know, that's a neutral out. It doesn't go anywhere. Like the, the end charge you could say, but if you have one negative thought and three positive thoughts, then your end goal is something positive. Um, so it's just a question of like what pops in your like mental health wise, 
you want to just be able to assess, you know, what is coming into your, um, your thought field, whether it's gratitude, whether it's doubt, whether it's scarcity, whether it's lack. And then like, think of that, like, is that an alignment with who I am deep down as a person? And if it's not, then why are you paying attention to it? You know? Um, yes. I love that. <laughs> it brings it back to science. Spirituality is science, like period. Like, it's just like, energy like explaining how energy works like that's how i see it kind of like it is it is and the proof of it is in quantum physics if you want the proof you know if you're skeptical and you're listening to this you need to go um learn some quantum physics go you know search on youtube online joe dispenza i think i've mentioned him so much so many times in these episodes um but he will change your life so yeah that is um that's just about all I have for today. Do you want to add anything else? Uh, no, just thank you for having me on. It's a delight, as always. Yay, yes, you're welcome. Thanks for, um, for coming on. I loved having you here. Maybe we'll, um, we'll do another one on the future on a different topic. And um, how can we connect with you if anyone wants to um, follow you or just check up on your journey, things like that, or even invest in... Um, one of your yoga or meditation teachings. Absolutely. Yeah. So on Instagram, when I am on there, my Instagram is at it's Anne Marie Renee. So the word it's I T S Anne Marie, my name, um, Renee, middle name. So no E. Um, yeah, I'm sure you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm but gonna, uh, I'm gonna put it on in the um in the description too of this um this podcast. Her. Perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be dropping some meditation, um, you know, something with that soon for a virtual option, just to give some people some more options. And uh, yeah, we'll see what else is in the future. Yeah, yes. And um, as always, you know, feel free to connect with me. If you like this podcast, hit the follow button. Um, my Instagram is the same as the podcast name. It's at Feisty Hippie. You can look at my website, www.feistyhippie.com to check out my latest offerings. And um, I'm currently launching a new program until, or the pre-sale is until June 1st. So if you want to get in on that, um, send me a DM, look on my website. All of the details are there and we're going to um, be talking about all like basically how to create a neutral headspace throughout the highs and the lows of life through strengthening um, the nervous system and learning how to truly surrender to our emotions and release them in a healthy way. Um, so yeah, that is all we have for today. Thank you again um, for listening and we will catch you next time.